What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we are coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend, a debrief, and an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm Caleb Pearson. Across the table from me, Mark Francis. What is up, Caleb? Mark, how you doing, man? Excellent. Good. I haven't seen you in weeks, it it's feels a, like, months, good morning, years. Yeah, we, it is. We do talk. Yeah, we do. It's okay. A lot of communication. Some communication. Um, just less and less face-to-face. technology. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. It's a blessing amidst the circumstances. Joining us once again, Senior Pastor Marky Mark. How you doing, man? Very good. Good. Good to see you. Uh, how's everyone doing? You know, do we want to do a little corona check-in? I mean, what's the... What's My it been like? Yeah. antibacterial. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lotioned up. Good. Ready to go. Good. We were talking before we recorded about how your your house is already a little stir crazy. Stir crazy. Yeah. Okay. You know, but the the neat thing is that we're still sending them out and they're actually going outside. And okay. They're enjoying good life. Yeah. And, go and play in the streets, kid. They're meeting with friends and keeping their social social distancing. You know, <laughs> okay. And and yeah. you know, they don't play in playgrounds anymore. They're a little bit older than that, but right. they'll go take on walks and good. Our dog loves it. Our dog normally does not okay. get out as often as she does now. And so gotcha. now that we're home and we're going on walks, I see. she's expecting at least five or six outings. <laughs> yeah, you guys great. are over over by Hanley. Are, are there a lot of people out and about? There are. Okay. There's a lot of people downtown, a lot of people oh, really? running, okay. a lot of people walking around just getting exercise, which yeah. is great. I mean, that's, yeah. so there's some positives yeah. going on here. Good. And, you know, even, even our community group, um, yeah. chose to get out on Sunday, um, and hmm. we went on a hike. Oh, nice. It was like a four-mile hike down in Shenandoah County. Oh, wow. And we kept our social distancing yeah. and uh, <laughs> had a little mini devotional at the top of the hill and had some great times together where we were able oh, to chat and get outside and, and actually see each other. A number of uh, community groups, I guess, are, are doing the uh, the... The Zoom, the Zoom, the yeah. online video, online video yep. and, gathering. And, uh, it's, it's it's working. In fact, right now, the missions team. There's about twenty. Oh yeah, I was twenty some ask. plus people uh, on a on a live uh, conference uh, Zoom uh, call right now going on. That uh, checking in with everybody. That's how great. are things going in different parts of the world? Um, That's happening right now. Yeah, it's oh, going wow. on right now. Okay, cool. is that what Lisa was watching? Yeah. Oh, okay, that makes more yep. sense. Cool. Well, awesome. Uh, yeah, I know it's uh, crazy times, but good to be back. I wasn't here last week. It was fun to, to listen. We had some um, chats about you. I know you did. It's it was okay. good. Yeah. You, did, you did a good job. You oh, did a good job, no. Mark. Thank yeah. you for hosting. Yeah, you um, know, the one thing that, Mark, I never asked you that I really wanted to, what is it like to preach to an empty auditorium? Mm, that's a good question. Is it weird? Well, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it is. It's, uh, weird it's kind of sad it's kind of uh hmm. but at the same time i know through that camera there's an impact is uh apparently a large number of folks around the world yeah, absolutely and yeah. so um hmm. you kind of you, you still kind of um think of people uh and you try to talk with with people um but it is um yeah it's weird it's uh strange times yeah. uh, unprecedented so hopefully yeah. Hopefully this will um, pass quickly and we'll get we'll back on get our feet again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hmm. we'll, we'll see, but um, certainly it does it does have an impact uh, w- when you can't face to face with people, when you can't um, connect with people. There's um, something about the corporate gathering of people gathering together yeah. that um, has an impact 
on a regular basis. A, we're called to do it, mm-hmm. but but B, just the the interaction, the encouragement that people bring to each other when they're gathered together. That's right. Dude. Whether it be singing or or hearing the scriptures or hearing the prayers or just even the before and after. There's, That's right. It's there's that spontaneousness it. that is lost. You you you're Very walking true. down the hallway with somebody and you're high fiving a a high school kid or you're you yeah. know you're you're playing with the little little kids that are there or you're engaged in a conversation oh hey by the way kind of things that that you just miss and it's this gathering of hundreds of people who all there who are all there for a common purpose yeah who all have that that same i i can't wait dude i can't wait till we're back right? yeah. yeah it's gonna be so fun yeah and yeah. just then now yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, it's probably great for all the uh, introverts out there. But, no, that uh, is true. <laughs> but man, I, I I hope people are less inclined to, to sleep in and skip a service after we're all able, able you no, know what I mean? Wait, able to be back. No one does that. <laughs> Come only, on. only when you're preaching, Mark. I mean, so, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Well, 50 yeah. times a year. <laughs> that, that, yeah, whatever it is. Now, yeah. I will say so, that I, some people in our community group said they've actually enjoyed being able to push the pause button. And that's not in a funny way. Yeah, I mean, yes, pause but, is fine. You know, mute, no. mute. <laughs> no. The, the X in the top left, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. right, yeah. right. Yeah. No, but to 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 kind of hear you say the word imputation or something like that, and say, well, what does that really mean? And mm-hmm. and dig into it and, and open up their scripture bible and, and look and see kind of like what other passages or what do you, a Google search on a word or something. Right. And, and what we're going to do out. a little bit more here. Sure. On imputation. Well, it, this morning. It, it helps study it, and even going back and watching the video, um, we can kind of go ahead and jump into what what you talked about uh, this past Sunday, Mark. But I love the way JVD went up and uh, Pastor John went up and talked before and after. Um, you have just, to unpack that. Uh, gave an update. John Van okay. Drunen. Uh, Executive J- Pastor John Van Drunen, JVD. Okay. Third John. Um, yes. Th- th- so many Johns. Yeah, yeah. But, M- Morrison's first John, Avery's second John. Yeah. Van June is third John. First, second, third John. Yeah, first, second, there you third go. John. We need to hire Jude hey, real quick. Hey, that's right. Um, FBC insider stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. But it, it was awesome to see see the different ways we are putting up those those uh, services. And even when Charlie had an opportunity to, to speak from the kids section mm-hmm. uh, the other day, and it was just really cool to see. So, yeah, it's just, it, it's been awesome. And as we jump into, I guess, Romans chapter four at this point, Mark, I mean, we've talked... A um, little bit of a recap. We talked about redemption a couple weeks ago, the idea that a, a ransom has been paid, a price has been paid. We are free from the master of sin. Uh, we talked about propitiation as well, a, a worthy payment for sin. Um, where were we this, this past weekend, and, and what, can we, what can we unpack? Well, again, with the passage, yeah. um, all, all, of, all of the blessings of God um, mm. come to us by faith, and so Paul is trying to emphasize the, the importance of faith. Faith is what links God's uh, spiritual wealth and resources, his richness, with our spiritual neediness. Faith is what makes it happen. It, it connects that. Um, and so he goes on in chapter 4, uh, giving great examples. One of the most, uh, um, the, the epitome of a righteous man, Abraham, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who was um, declared right by his faith, and the epitome of a um, sinful man, David, because of his adultery and his murderous ways, uh, hmm. uh, he was also um, uh, credited righteous. His his um, sin was not reckoned to his account. And so in that chapter 4, there's a key word, a key concept that pops up, and it's used 11 times in, in the, the fourth chapter, and it's this word, it's a Greek word, logizomai, which is the word imputation. It's an accounting term to reckon or to charge to someone's account and um, that is kind of a, a key focus, a key doctrine. 
which, by the way, uh, and we won't take the time to get into it, I'm sure, on the podcast, but it might be something worth checking into, is, is under assault um, the last 10, 20 years in, uh, in Christendom, um, something that's called the New Perspective of Paul. Uh, so hmm. it, uh, if you read things like uh, N.T. Wright, and they kind of they massage that term and it goes different and counter from certainly what I uh, shared Sunday. Imputation, you mean? Right, yeah. right. Um, hmm. um, so, I mean, that that's something to um, to, to maybe uh, look up on your own, um, N.T. Wright and his view of imputation. Part hmm. of that, I think the concern is that there is an idea that, well, well let's go back. Let, let's step back and talk about imputation, an accounting term. Basically, um, as an example, um, 2 Corinthians 5.21, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God. Uh, The implication there is uh, Jesus took our sin on on his account and he gives us his righteousness. It comes to our account. Um, So um, faith makes that all happen. Hmm. So um, another passage... um, there in, uh, in Philippians 3, 8 and 9, um, should have had that turned to, Philippians 3, 8 and 9, we looked at it Sunday, but it says, um, more than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, I count it all but rubbish, that I may gain Christ. And then he said this, and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, the righteousness that comes from God. Hmm. So again, the point is, if we are going to be accepted by God and declared acquitted, uh, justified Hmm. in the eyes of a holy God, something has to happen because we're not righteous. Right. And it's hmm. it it is the the gift of Christ's righteousness that comes over to our account. It's again this legal lease wording, and um, and our sin gets credited to His account. So our sin gets judged on Christ and paid for. Right. His righteousness gets imputed, brought over to our account. So God, we are covered. We are clothed with the righteousness of Christ. And I think there's we don't misunderstand the idea that Christ's righteousness is not imparted to us, it's imputed to us. Right. So hmm. we That's don't, in a, in, a, in, a, in a real moral sense, become this righteous person. It is Christ's righteousness still. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's where some of the confusion hmm. lies. And I also love the analogy that you made of, of working, you know, going out and doing a fair day's worth of wages and getting $50, and you earn that. And, and if you go out and, and just that $50 was given to you without even doing any work, that's night and day difference. Right. You right. have this feeling of, uh, you, I'm owed. I'm do something because yeah. I went there and did that work. And, and to, to equate that to where Paul was saying that in the passage of, you know, without any works. That's right. That, that I've had this free gift just that's through right. faith. Yeah. That, mm. That's a great kind of visual image, I think, to, to kind of put into practical applications, even for us today, to know. Right. Because anything we add, anything that we add to this um, um, accounting uh, nullifies, and Paul will say that later in chapter 4, it nullifies hmm. faith. It, 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 if I asked a guy one time years ago, I said, what part of your 
justification of your right standing with God has to do with what you did. And I knew he was coming from a background that you have to be baptized to be saved, hmm. that he, you have to do that. And so he thought for a moment, he said, well, I would say 99% of, of, of my getting to heaven rests in what Christ did alone. Hmm. And, but 1%, I still did, I did, I did something, you know, he, he ended, entered into that baptism and, um, uh, um, hmm. anyway, the, the, um, Verse 14 of chapter 4 says, For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void. The promise is nullified. Faith is made void. What voids faith? Okay, I've got 99% faith. What voids that 99% out? The 1% of things I'm contributing to. Right. Still holding on to something. <laughs> right. That, so that so faith is not, part, is not viewed as a work by Paul. Um, it, is, it, is, it is by his grace. Whereas the wages, if mm -hmm. I did something, then well, then I would be I would be given something, right? So mm -hmm. if we add anything to this whole transaction, um, it it voids out the faith we do have, and it also lessens and cheapens what Christ did. Well, can you also just unpack for me real quick because you mentioned you can replace this word circumcision in yeah. the passage because that's an example that Paul used to equate where the audience of the day right. was when it came to works and when it came to his right standing with God. So you mentioned baptism, but were there are, are there certain other kind of things that we believers want to add? Uh, what examples? You kind of, you, you, you said stuff, you know, you know, walk yeah. the altar or say yeah, a prayer right, or right, right. certain things like that. Well, if you, if you ask a person, uh, if you were to die tonight and stand before God and he would say, why should I let you into heaven? How would you answer that? That'll give you an idea of what people hmm. will, will put in place of circumcision. Mm -hmm. um, if you were to die tonight, stand before God, and he were to say, why should I let you, what right do you have to come into my heaven? Then step back and listen. Now, people today aren't going to say, well, because I've, I've gone through circumcision. Back then they did. Right. But they will say things like, well, I, I've tried to live a good life, or I've mm -hmm. tried to obey the Ten Commandments, or... Um, or they may say, um, well, I, I went to a Billy Graham crusade, and I, um, I um, uh, went forward at a Billy Graham crusade. Well, what's that got to do with eternal salvation? I went forward. There, there is something you just did. Mm -hmm. um, well, I, you know, back on uh, June 5th in, in 1993, I prayed the sinner's prayer. Well, what has that got to do with you going to heaven? Again, that's just something you did. Um, I prayed the prayer, or so it can be. Oh, I I repented of my sins. Well, wait a minute. The, the Gospel of John was written as a gospel track. Ninety-eight times the word believe is put in the right. Gospel of John. Not one time is the word repentance. In fact, not one time is the word repentance found in this section. Yeah. So it, there's nothing I do that. Um, um, Speaks to that, eternal justification. That's, that, that's exactly right. So, if there's anything I do and contributed to it, <clears throat> faith is made null and void. The whole transaction is off. Uh, it is by faith and faith only that 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 takes place. When it it speaks to, I think the, the common example of a Christian not fully understanding what happened to them at the moment of salvation, or understanding the impact of what Jesus did on the cross for them. 
uh, mm-hmm. fully appreciating and understanding the redemption, the propitiation, the imputation. That's right. And you've got to go back to chapter 3 and talk about the depravity of man. Right. Because that that's what Paul does. Again, not to review that, but you know, if, if you understood that... He lays it out, yeah. Then that puts everything about the cross work in its proper perspective. Yeah, and it's palatable. It's like, okay, I'm on board. I see. I see the need for it, yeah. um, which I think is huge. And it, it, it reminds me of what you said at the beginning of the, of the sermon, Mark. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is, unless it comes from the Lord kind of thing, because we're mm-hmm. really... It is awesome. We're awestruck by this news, this gift. Yeah. And it's not going to make sense based on the way we value things, especially as work-oriented or performance. And this whole idea of the imputation of righteousness is going to play very importantly in as we get into Romans 6, 7, and right. 8. Right. Because if we are um, positionally righteous, if we've been clothed with the righteousness of Christ, God sees us, we've been covered, we don't have it, it's Christ's, and, and we've been clothed with it. If that is true then living out the Christian life is now going to be possible because what we have to do is connect by faith mm. uh, our inadequacies with the righteousness of Christ and let him, that life lived out through us, um, and that's going to be the whole thing of sanctification. So Another again, big word. Another big word. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and that's another thing, guys. You know, I I don't know... I, I, don't, I hope this is not true at Fellowship Bible Church or anywhere else that people are listening, but... I do think we have dumbed down Christianity a lot these days, and so oh, totally, pe- yeah. And so people, oh, justification and 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 redemption and propitiation and hey, just just tell me how to live the Christian life. Just just tell me how this relates to the coronavirus, folks. I'm telling you, you can't make that jump. You can't know no. how to live in the coronavirus if you don't have the ballast bulb underneath the the water line of our right. life right. of the richness of doctrine. It, 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 God did not waste Holy Scripture telling us these concepts yep, right. if it wasn't valuable. Well, the uh, the crux of the Christian church is like live, laugh, love, bumper stickers, short little church quips that don't speak to the knowledge of God, that yeah. don't speak to understanding Scripture. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we've mentioned weeks ago on, on the podcast, we love to, to bring it up, we're more spiritual beliefs religious than we've ever been as a society, and it's just, you're, you drift. Yeah. You are yeah. so prone to drifting. And, and if you watched our um, online um, worship service mm. this past Sunday and listened again to the songs yes. that were sung... It was very good. Right? It's rich. And I, and I just, I happen to bring... Um, he, 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 here, this concept of righteousness and imputation, I mean, it is so rich in our uh, Christian tradition... Here, here are some of the words of Charles Wesley, written in 1738. Hmm. And can it be? You know that that hymn? Yep. No condemnation now I dread. Jesus and all in him is mine. Alive in him. Should we sing it? <laughs> Alive in him, my living head. And clothed in righteousness divine. Bold I approach the eternal throne and claim the crown through Christ my own. I'm clothed in righteousness. Or Edward Mote, 100 years later, 1834, uh, that great hymn, The Solid Rock. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, what? Dressed yes. in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. Right. Then here's another one, and we sing it um, today. It was reworked by Sovereign Grace uh, Ministries, but it's an old hymn, 1863, Before the Throne of God. Sure. Uh, Charity, Les Smith, Bancroft. Here's a couple of the lines. Behold him there, the risen lamb, my perfect spotless righteousness, the great unchangeable I am. 
He is my perfect spotless righteousness. So these concepts are rich in our traditions of Christianity, and we must not dumb down Christianity, and we must sing it. Singing about is key because that's, that's right. it allows it to soak in, and we as a worship ministry care about the songs that we put on people's lips. We call it our sung theology, and, oh, yeah. and so there's this idea that we want songs to be memorable and singable and and scriptural, obviously as well, so that way they can impact our lives. So maybe something sparks our attention during the course of the week in a song line, just like that yeah. comes to my mind. And and it reminds me of who I am in Christ. It reminds me of what Christ has done for me. That's right. And and over the years, I've definitely grown in my appreciation for songs that have rich content just because of that yeah. fact. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, increasingly, you can tell a lot about a church's theology and what they believe based on their worship time. That's, for, that's uh, right. It, it's, it's totally easy and normal to, you know, listen to a pastor, listen to the way they exegete the Bible and talk about that, but that brings up a whole different, you know, personal theology of the pastor and what translation he's reading and what he thinks about this, this, this. The church as a whole, meeting together, singing and praising God. What is the attitude behind it? What are the words behind it? Do people understand what they're singing when they're singing it? Uh, stuff like that that's that's super good. And then also to kind of speak a little bit to what Mark just said is, I mean, we, ha- we have kids downstairs that won't memorize Scripture for the life of them, but they will memorize minutes of songs on end. And it's like, you're, you're capable. You are capable of memorizing Scripture. Sure. Believe it or not, Put it to a tune if you have to, mm-hmm. uh, but try to 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 get it to to hit. Um, and I think that's huge. And 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 again, huge about what what faith is. Um, and so I love that you mentioned that, and even mentioned where we'll go a little bit. And you know, Pastor Dennis will be yep. preaching next week, and then Don after that. Yep. yep. Uh, I think. Uh, and we're um, going to f- continue to focus on the life of Abraham. So okay. Dennis will will continue in the Romans four. Don is going to take us into uh, the book of Hebrews a little bit uh, on the life of, of Abraham and faith. And then, uh, believe it or not, it'll be Easter Sunday, and I'll come back with the life of Abraham and, and wrap that, that part up. Um, looks like we're going to be doing that... Um, Probably remotely. Remotely yeah. again on yep. Easter Sunday, but, um, hmm. but hey, not going to change the fact that uh, right. he is alive. But He's it's exciting to dive into this concept of faith. You yeah, know, and you know we we were deep in sin for several weeks, and yeah. now we're coming out. But it, we had to have that foundation. Now we're laying this foundation of faith, yeah. and and where does that take us right. into chapters six, seven, and eight? Yeah, which is great. Right, that's cute. And you, you'd almost think like Paul had a plan, a divine plan, <laughs> right? Divine inspiration laid yeah. that all out. Yeah. It's a solid argument, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but just Jesus is the answer in the recipe, and so if that's not satisfactory to you, or if you think, oh, no, that's not that's not what I need, that's not the answer I'm looking for, then you lack an awareness of what that means. Um, I was reminded of a Tim Keller quote when you were preaching, Mark, it says that Christianity isn't true because it's relevant, it's relevant because it's true. Mm. Uh, have faith in a God, and, and I was even talking to Dennis a little bit yesterday, he shared it with me a little bit about where what he'll be preaching about and what he'll say on Sunday, just that idea of having faith in, in the person, the character of God, and then also what he says. And we have that opportunity to rely on that. Yeah. Um, it's a, you know, there, there's that parable or quote of, uh, you know, the faith the size of a mustard seed. You can have a small amount of faith in, in our God. It's better than a tremendous amount of faith in something that yeah. is imperfect or going to break. object of our faith. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's why these terms and these concepts are so valuable, because right. they, they, it does translate over to, so what, what's the impact of this on my life? Hmm. 
if if, if we um, are fully engaged and, and appreciate a God who did all this for us, and, and actually Paul ends up there in Romans chapter 8 when he says, uh, if he did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? Who can separate us from right. the love of God? So we, we, again, the, the, um, this is true and therefore it is relevant to ponder and consider and commune with a God who did this for us. If we understand this, we come to appreciate it and we come to appreciate a God who now will walk with us no matter what the situations. No matter what the situation, that's where faith turns into this idea of trust, it, that, it, that, that we can have complete confidence in who he is. It's Christianity and shoe leather at that yeah. point. Yeah, right. walking day mm. by day in yeah. this life that we're living right yeah. now. Well, and as we get shook, it's an opportunity to realize <laughs> we have an unshakable God. And, and we've often said, and you hear it all the time from so many different, you know, church outlets or whoever, preach yourself the gospel every day. Very true, very applicable, but wh- what does that actually mean, and what does that actually look like? Because mm-hmm. you can preach yourself the gospel every day and have a little routine where you sing Jesus Loves Me while you brush your teeth, but where are you at with the Lord? It can, it can get to these bigger words. Mm-hmm. Preaching yourself the gospel every day can help your theology. It can help you be deeper in it. And so uh, there's almost an application there uh, in my mind of stop displacing God from what you are dealing with. Preach yourself the gospel every day means use your every day to to be reminded of the gospel. Think biblically about what is happening to you so you can avoid a a pitfall. It reminds me, Mark, of uh, something you discussed with me when I was in the mentorship program a year ago. Um, about counseling and various people that would would come to the church or leadership or you and uh, air their grievances or air their problems. Uh, and, and when you or another staff or pastor would would suggest, you know, well, what do you think God has to say about this? They, they would say, well, what does God have to do with it? Mm-hmm. I remember you saying that to me. What does God have to do with it? Because we get caught up and think God is displaced from it, mm-hmm. especially a Christian. Yes, there's a God. Yes, I believe in Him but I'm dealing with my own thing yeah. right now. It's a great question, because ultimately the person's looking at themselves. No, exactly. And, 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 right. and what that does, it shifts their perspective to say, where yeah. is God in this situation? Yeah. And where, right. where is your trust? Right. Where is your faith? Where, is you, where are you placing when your hope in anything right there in that moment? That idea that they're cynical and saying, what does God have to do with it? And then you can just say... What does God have yeah, to do with yeah, it? There's where, an answer. Where, there's an answer to that. Believe it or not. Where is God in yeah, this? Yeah. Where, what is God doing in people's lives right now? Mm. In, in in relation to this, what um, and, and you know, there's some great sermons out there. There's great um, things on social media. Just reminders. I mean, people are really taking to the uh, the airwaves, so to speak. Yeah. And there's some really good good things out there um, that I think are trying to capture our minds mm. and say, okay, what is it that we're learning? What are we going to learn today when, um, you know, things totally shut down or, or you know, what, what are you learning about God today when your retirement portfolio is cut in half? I mean, what, what, is, what do you think God is, is speaking to us? And mm-hmm. I think that's how we have to, this God who secured our eternal redemption at incredible cost, mm-hmm. the death of his son, the death of Christ, the shed blood of Christ, well, what do you think he's doing in your life right now through through this? Hmm. And I, we have to um, look well, at that. Yeah, when you say God preach the gospel, to me, that just <laughs> essentially says, okay, God is God. Right. I am not. I need him. And he has given me a plan and a way to be 
rescued, to be redeemed, to be saved, any of those words, mm-hmm. he has created that path. So in any situation, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be saved from, from heaven. Justification, just be right. as I live my life in this moment, if it's a difficult situation with a coworker, if it's mm-hmm. a, a family strife, if it's anger that comes up, or if it's some sort of, you name it, whatever situation, I have to remember preaching the gospel means that God is God, he's got the plan, and he can lead me through that through his grace and, to overcome, not me. I'm not the one that's going to do it, right. but he's the one who can Well, and, and what better way to make the gospel taste sweeter than a, a global pandemic? It puts like, us all in our place. Increase the need for—I I was talking to Hannah last night. She does such a good job encouraging me in this who? time of uncertainty, my, my girlfriend Hannah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you know who she is, but uh, <laughs> she was just talking about how— it reminds me of the lyrics we sang on, on Sunday, Mike was singing, Hallelujah, all I have is Christ. Hallelujah, Jesus is my life. So there's a reflection question there. Is he? Mm-hmm. Are we living as if he is? All I have is Christ. Mm-hmm. As things are starting to get taken away from us, are we letting that dictate our day or our mood? Again, displacing God from those things and saying, I've lost this. Yeah. Um, understand who you are in Christ. Yeah. It's and huge. we, the church, should yeah. have that perspective and carry that out to the yeah. world who doesn't have that. Exactly. Yep. Um, and yep. so this is a great opportunity for any kind of conversation to happen with your neighbor if you're standing outside raking your yard or if you're yeah. walking, I mean, standing in line at the grocery store six feet away from each other. You know, just if there's any kind of, you know, thought process that people are going through mm. right now, it's fear, it's anxiety, yeah. and they don't have Christ as their life. And so how can we impart good, that good point. to somebody yeah. because yep. that's our job. This is yeah. the day to be salt and light and, and let our light shine. Everybody's in the same boat. You know, we have this kind of same fear, it's the true. same kind of anxiety that, that can yeah. come up. We're and wide. so the same need, mm-hmm. <laughs> the same need for the gospel. And if we have mm-hmm. that answer, how can we best present that? Yeah, yeah. good. I mean, we're, we're living a, a model UN scenario, global pandemic, who's going to rally together? How can we bond? Uh, and so there's messages. People are starving for, for positivity, for unity. And so what better way to show them the Prince of Peace? And, and you know, it reminds me of the C.S. Lewis quote, Christians are different in the most curious of ways. Like, what, what does that person have? What, a, what about their situation is different? They seem to be handling this fairly well, <laughs> kind of thing. Sure, uh, because w- we ultimately know what what the promises are, what the what the Bible speaks to, especially regarding these trials. Yeah, you know, that, well, we probably should wrap Go this ahead, up, Mark. but I'm just thinking. You Do know, it historically. That's what Christians <laughs> did. Whether yeah. it was the Black Death, right, or or, or the persecutions uh, of the in the ancient Roman times. I mean, it was the Christians that that rose up. It was the Christians who built the hospitals and provided the food and, and ministered to the needs when no one else did. It was the Christians who buried um, the dead in the streets of the, of mm. the, of the Black Plague. Mm. Um, so, you know, God's people have always seemed to have, have risen um, um, to, the, to the opportunity that is before us and another opportunity that is facing us right now to do just that. Mm. Yeah, life-altering circumstances are not new to that's right. the day of time. That's you know? right. I mean, there's plenty of situations that have happened over the years, last century, the centuries before, where things have come to a halt for something, yeah. and, and God is going to use this to wake people up and to mm. draw them closer to himself, and that's yeah. our prayer. That's yeah. our job, to present that to people. Yep. Man, that's so good. 
I missed you guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we're, we're seeing, I'm seeing less and less people. You t- you said last week, Mark, about like 10 different people, wasn't the Blarney Stone or whatever dumb thing you were talking about? Yeah, I didn't I don't even Hey, that I... was my great-grandmother's poem. <laughs> don't call that a dumb thing. <laughs> Wait, was it really? Yeah. Did you listen to the podcast? Nah. Yeah, that, my great-grandma, Delia Carey. Should we tell that story? Oh, oh great, yes, yes, great, yes. Okay, great, the Carey. Great, the yes. Carey. Okay, I thought you were making a joke about it. This is actually your... Wow, that's impressive. Okay, sorry. Oh, yeah. I'm so, Hey, Mark, I'm sorry. Suck up. <laughs> <laughs> but he said 10 different people, if you see Caleb mention this, I don't even think I saw oh. 10 different well, people. See, oh. Yeah, oh, that's, that's right. That's, <laughs> you that's, know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, tons of fun. Got to try um, at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you got to do it. Uh, but hopefully you guys are, are seeing a little bit about what the body of believers can look like outside of a church building. Uh, we don't want anybody to be relying on habitual attendance to, to grow closer to Christ. So here's your scenario. Um, what you do with it is, is between you and the Lord, so be encouraged by that. Uh, the fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love and God bless. Mm-hmm.